This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we are talking Army of the Dead. Viva Las Brains? We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into movies via mostly spoiler-free review, the occasional commentary track, or some other fun movie topic. This is episode 452, 452. Oh, man, that was actually the the answer for the spiral quiz from last week. (laughs) Yeah, it was that simple. Dang it! (laughs) Game over. Could have saved everybody, but it came a week late. Yep. <laughs> now who's stupid? <laughs> Chris Rock. Uh, but yeah, this week for episode 452, we are talking Army of the Dead, the, the second Zack Snyder film of the year. And uh, joining us to discuss Army of the Dead, we have, from superhero hype, he's staying in the Zombie King suite at Caesars, it's Luke Thompson. Hey, and if you're eating brains, you're going to have a hell of a meal with me. Also, that's at the buffet. Also joining us from the Nothing's On podcast, Old Magic Gaming, and the HHW LOD podcast network, excitedly waiting for the black and white version of all of Snyder's films, it's Jim Dietz. I'm uh, thinking about opening up an artisan grilled cheese food truck. What do you think? Yes, tofu, please. <laughs> if, if there's lobster, lobster rolls. Lobster rolls, exactly. Yeah. Everybody oh, loves yeah, lobster, right, the lobster roll. rolls. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we gotta we gotta talk about Jim's top picks for food trucks in the zombie apocalypse. When we get to that <laughs> but, um, how are you guys doing this evening? Oh, just swell. Yeah, swell is a good word. Good. I, Little I, zombified. Little zombified. <laughs> that's, well, that's glad the, to have you guys here. Yeah, it's the perfect tone for a show like this. But yeah, we are going to talk about Army of the Dead and all kinds of things this week. But let's get to some show notes real quick. First up, the summer gamble. Has returned. It's underway. Ex- exclamation points all around. It's back. Summer Gamble 9-Rise of Summer. Uh, I like that we've called it Summer Gamble 9. Like, it's Fast and the Furious 9. Yeah. It all ki- it kind of worked out that way. I didn't all about family. It, well, I mean, it is all about family. But I didn't even plan it that way until I started realizing, oh, yeah, there's a Fast 9 involved in this also. But, uh, yeah, as uh, many may know, we've been doing the Summer Gamble for... Well, nine years, except we took had to take last year off because of obvious reasons. But it's back now, and to make things a little different, also because the domestic box office just might not be the same this summer, we figured, why not take it worldwide? Uh, so I, I talked to Pitbull, he cleared the rights on that one, and now we are doing it. We're <laughs> taking the uh, international route for the box office with the Summer Gamble, uh, where myself and Abe, as well as many other recurring guests on the show, including Jim Dietz, who's here with us today, um, we've all picked what we think are going to be the top 10 highest grossing films of the summer at the global box office, uh, along with a couple dark, with three dark horses as well. So uh, by the end of the summer, we'll have some results there, and we'll see who you know comes out on top of these predictions. But in saying all that, you can hear all about what that means and more in the recently recorded episode covering our predictions as well as the summer movie season in general. Uh, we recorded that just the other day with Scott, Peter, and Terrence. Totally remember that right offhand. And um, that's available now on iTunes. Speaking of which, you can find our show on iTunes along with all of the episodes of our show on iTunes. Everything's over there. You can get, And if you, you know, were to go to iTunes, you could also give us a rating and review, which would be great. Thank you so much in advance. Please give us a review. 
And that's not all. There's so much more because we do commentary what? tracks every month. I know, right? And those are also on iTunes. We just did one for Hannibal Rising. Why? Why wouldn't we talk about the <laughs> much discussed Hannibal got, Rising? You, we finish what we, we finish what we start. That's exactly. Why. Exactly. <laughs> we finish what we start. We've been doing the Hannibal Lecter films for the past five months on this podcast, and so we talked about Manhunter. Which, which, Jim, you were on that commentary track. That is correct. I was there. <laughs> and we had uh, Silence of the Lambs, and then Hannibal, and then Brett Ratner's Red Dragon. Why do I need to specify him did, as yeah. the director, <laughs> and, I, and I don't do it for any other of the films? No idea. And then we went back in time and talked about Hannibal Rising, where it all began. So you have five new commentary tracks focused on Lecter, let alone all the other commentaries we do. But we did that for this month, so there you go. Aaron, Next, yeah. this is the free podcast. I know it's a, it's crazy that this is a free podcast when you can when you hear us talk about Hannibal Rising for free that's it's insane, uh, but yeah so that's that's the May commentary next month speaking of Fast Nine Abe we're gonna be talking about the original Fast and the Furious next month for that commentary track so wow we're gonna read the newspaper article and everything we're gonna read the newspaper article we're gonna talk about Busters we're gonna try to not talk about Rob Cohen too much it's gonna be great <laughs> um, so many directors that are problematic these days but um, yeah what was the uh, what was the uh, motorcycle equivalent of Fast and the Furious was it Biker Boys? Well, the, well, Torque was the one Torque. that was directly riffing Torque. on Fast and Furious. Yeah. Biker okay. Boys came out two thousand two, so it's like it was after, but it was you know yeah. it was also based on an article at my old paper, in fact. Huh. Boom. Interesting. New Times L.A. That was uh, what Derek Luke and Lawrence Fishburne, right? It was Biker Boys. Derek Luke. I yeah, just saw I him the so. other day. Not in life, in, in a movie. <laughs> just saw Derek Luke. Oh, he's your neighbor? He's just walking around. He's still preparing for the end of the world. Nobody gets my Seeking of the World, Seeking of the Friend for the End of the World references. <laughs> but, uh, Biker Boys. That's a, I remember the poster for that movie, too. It's, it's very yellow and blue. Uh, Torque is very red. <laughs> yeah, I can remember it as well. Yeah. Um, it had Ice Cube, uh, of course. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Fast and Furious. We should probably talk about the the various other movies that came out around Fast and Furious in that commentary track. Abe, I really hope you're on that one too. I really want you to be on the Fast and Furious. Commentary Fast and the track. Furious one. Yes. Well, you never had your car, so <laughs> it's not it's not how you drive it. <laughs> it's not how you stand by it. It's how you drive it, as the the wise sage Ja Rule once said. Uh, Monica. No, that was part two. Or is that part one? No, Ja Rule's in the first one oh, because he was okay. going to get Ludacris's part, and he's like, no, I want Tyrese's part. And then Universal said, well, we don't want you, and Ty- Ja Rule does not get to be part of this billion-dollar franchise. Hashtag Monica. And then he was spin off to do a pure flicks to do I Married a Church Girl. Mm-hmm. And, and then he <laughs> That's created, true. And then he created mm-hmm. a really successful party in the island somewhere. and we Yeah, uh, we all, all about fire. Yeah. So, that, that. so that's been Ja Chat. Um, let's, um, let's move on. We're all uh, huge Ja Rule fans here. Right? <laughs> it's it's my world. Um, let's let's move on to some uh, some out now quickies. Yeah. Each week out now we all the cookies, but I was going to cry cookies. Trademark. I was pretty good, Aaron. I was pretty, pretty happy. Good. With it. Yeah. 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 Wow. Uh, well, well, let's get to it. Abe, you you've you've been a little absent in the past. I have week. been. What, what yeah. have you seen recently? I watched Spiral, uh, was what you guys talked about last week. Yes, give us some context for this, please. <laughs> well, the context of, of uh, last week and Spiral, or are you talking about no, like, you're, the movie you're, itself? You're, you're, with, with your history with Saw, the franchise. I've seen zero movies of Saw. And, and Aaron was like, well, you should watch like the first one, and you could just, like watch on mute. I kind of did, but then I was like, eh, I kind of want to do some other things as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, so did I finish Saw 1? No. <laughs> but... 
It's all on HBO Max, not a sponsor. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I watched Spiral, and, you know, it's interesting. Is it a good movie? Kind of no, but I I think that this is also the same tone as the other Spiral movies, if if I'm not mistaken. But I think the thing about it is that it's very, like, aggro 90s cop drama, where he's, like, yelling at the captain. The captain's yelling at him. And then he's got problems with, like, his dad. And then, you know, uh, all this other stuff happens. And, like, cops, 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 cops. It kind of reminds me of that movie that we reviewed way early this last year. Um, also on HBO Max with Denzel Washington. I, what was the name of that movie? The Little Things? The Little Things, yeah. So kind of like, you know, hey, like, let's throw it back to, like, these uh, these 90s action movies. Um, the movie itself is, like, it's graphic. And it's, you know, I think it's kind of raw with, like, the way that it... it has all these um, death scenes, but like on the whole, it's I guess if you're a fan of the the series, you're you're okay with this one. But I kind of smell that who the uh, the killer was in the first like 25 minutes of the movie, and yeah, I did from the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> I, I, I wasn't that good, not that not that good yet. But you know, overall, it was fine. Um, would I revisit it again? Probably not. I'm curious like where it would go from here because I think Chris Rock. Help the exec- executive produce this one, right? He, he, so, he pitched the idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'd be curious to see if uh, he's just going to continue on his own like Saw trilogy or, or what have you. But uh, the other movie that I watched, which was much better, I don't know if you guys have seen this movie. It's called Unforgiven. Um, it's on HBO Max as well. <laughs> and it's a really good movie. The way like, you said that, I was like, wait, do you think that this is not known? <laughs> yeah. The Metallica video? Of course <laughs> So I don't know. It, it won a lot of Academy Awards. I don't know if you guys saw it. Have you but... have you have you not seen Unforgiven before? No, I've seen it before. It was okay. like it was like oh, it's playing. It's it was, I think it was like one of those like oh, it's leaving soon. And I was like oh, I haven't seen this in a while. And let me just let me just check out a little bit of it. And that's usually when I get into a trap of like, well, I guess I'm gonna watch the whole thing now because uh, you get to the the um uh what should I call it uh yeah, I'm blanking on his name right now, but he's a mean he's old man. Gene Hackman. Hackman? <laughs> yeah, you get like the Gene Hackman stuff, and you're just like, oh yeah, he's building his own house on a lakefront <laughs> in uh, Oklahoma or wherever they are. But I, I the the last like the the quote unquote slow burn of it all, and like the last like 30 minutes is is tremendous. Um, I I I don't know why, but I never really felt the weight of what he says in the saloon until now, where he's like, yes, I have killed women and children, and everybody starts running away, and I was like. Man, that's a bold ass line. So unforgiven. Check it out if you. You're older. It, it resonates more with you now. <laughs> <laughs> I will say. Yeah, I mean, I. I, kid, I was like, yeah, whatever. I I, I, I love Unforgiven, and it's also like if you were to pick like best of Eastwood, I I tend to say it's both his best directed and acted film. I mm-hmm. I, I really like Unforgiven. Uh, but uh, cool, Abe. Uh, <laughs> what a great movie in there for sure. That's, um. <laughs> Let's uh, move to Luke. Luke, what have you seen recently? Well, I'm sure you'll probably discuss this next week on the podcast, but A Quiet Place 2 I saw. Oh. Um, so as not to spoil your next week's podcaster, I think I'll just say thumbs up to it. I liked it better than the first. Um, Spiral I also saw, which, I, you know, I am I am a longtime Saw fan, and I did, you know, I yeah, I guess who the killer was, but I liked that I did because I felt like it was playing fair i feel like a lot of these movies like scream just don't play fair on that so i like that i was able to pick it up because i felt like that way they weren't cheating with a bunch of fake stuff 
and I think the ending is one of the best Saw endings in a while. So I'm, you know, I'm happy they reset the board. I'm unhappy when I hear Darren Lynn Bowsman go on about, oh, well, maybe we'll do a proper Saw 9 and it'll have Tobin Bell in it. I'm, no, you're done with John Kramer. There is no moment with life between him going crazy and dying that we haven't seen. Don't force it. I you're love Tobin all Bell, things but no. I have no reference for. So, which is great. I, I, yeah, I'm I, with you. I, I've seen like the first Saw movie, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did watch the first one again, actually, on 4K as well, which was very strange because it loses all the color filters and it's much more monochromatic, which oh, is an interesting way to look at it. I don't have a preference either way. I think they both work in their own ways, but it was surprising how different the palette was. Does it say at all if that's James Wan approved or just like they just put it on 4K? I'm just curious. I don't know um none of the extras are new the only one that's semi-new is the itunes exclusive documentaries now on the disc so there's no new comments so i would suspect not and i don't know maybe my color perception is off because a lot of times i will review these 4k's they look duller in 4k to me and then i'll read some review on blu-ray.com they're super vivid and i'm like no, the Big Lebowski 4K, I put it in, then I put it in the Blu-ray, and the Blu-ray is way more vivid. What are you guys looking at? So I don't know if that's me, and my color perception is off, or everyone else is crazy, but it looks a lot more monochromatic than the red and green filters that, you know, the Blu-ray version has. I also watched uh, what I really something I really liked on Netflix. Uh, I think it's called Love, Death, and Robots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bunch of little short films. If you're, you know, if you're in your 40s like me and you miss liquid television and MTV's Eon Flux, I think it's a pretty close fix for some of that, Joan. So the I really think that. How that got made was was pretty interesting. David Fincher originally tried to get the rights to do a heavy metal uh, series for Netflix uh, from Metal Hurlant to the people in France who owned the you know, copyright of the magazine and stuff. Uh, he got turned down by them, so he went ahead and basically did the same thing and just called it something different. So that sounds like a move that he would do. I like yeah. how we treat Fincher so seriously, and he's like, I want to make like a fucking heavy metal series on Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great idea, though. It's a great it series. I love this. Like, <laughs> people want to kill What happened to Robert see? Rodriguez doing heavy metal? Wasn't that one of his many projects that he never does? Yeah, it's probably right next to Red Sonia, just somewhere in the can sure. that we'll never see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so that you're watching the second season of Love, Death, and Robots, I take it. Yes, although I need to catch up on the first because I haven't, I wasn't aware of this show until oh. recently. So oh. I, yeah, I'm catch up on all of it, but I'm really enjoying it. So it was anyone who has Netflix, it'll do you right. The, the, when the first season came out, it was all like, it, not only was it David Fincher, but it's like, and Tim Miller, pro- director of Deadpool, are producing Love, Death, and Robots, because apparently that name had a lot of value or something to it, or just really good contracts <laughs> from his agent. Uh, but, I guess uh, he was about to do Terminator, probably. Yeah, and now, yeah, exactly. Love, was, Death, and Robots, precisely. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no, I know season two's out there, I haven't seen any. I've only seen a few of the first season too, and it's when I just wanted to catch up. I want to like pay attention, <laughs> even though I know they're like short animated films, but um, yeah, oh, I want to catch up with some of those eventually. Uh, Jim, how about you? What have you seen recently? Well, I acquired a bootleg DVD at the Comic Con I went to on Saturday of a movie I've been looking for for a long time called Future Cops. Mm. Uh, it's the 1993 Hong Kong movie. Basically, they couldn't get the rights to Street Fighter, so they went ahead and made a Street Fighter movie anyway. <laughs> it has all the characters from Street Fighter: Guile, Chun Li, Ryu, Dalsim, Ken, like all the main, and 
Also, Goku from Dragon Ball is in it. Naturally. And Doraemon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bootleg uh, Hong Kong action <laughs> movie with all these characters. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> and I've been I've been trying to find it for a long time, and uh, I, I bought it on DVD. I just watched it yesterday. It's, are they, are they all it's named, hilarious. Are they all named the same thing, or is it like Bile? They have different names. Like, okay. Guile is called Broomhead, right? Naturally, yeah. <laughs> and um, Chun-Li is Chun-Mei, but you can obviously tell who they are this trying makes to sense. be. Yeah. They look exactly like their video game counterparts. And it's hilarious and, and incredible and over-the-top in every way possible. A, a lot of wire work, because it was made in the 90s. Yeah. It was uh, Wong Jing who directed it. I looked it up, and uh, yeah, so I, I got that, and that was a lot of fun. I watched uh, Fried Berry, which is a movie that just premiered on Shudder. Uh, it's, uh, Cape Town, uh, it's filmed in Cape Town, an uh, independent film about a uh, meth head who gets possessed by an alien and, okay. the, uh, and the adventures that he goes on. Very interesting film, very cool uh, indie uh, shoestring budget movie with a lot of cool ideas in it and it, it was a uh, really um uh surprise to me and i really enjoyed it a lot and i uh re-watched uh, psycho gorman because it also uh made it to shutter this weekend and if you haven't seen psycho gorman it's uh if they mashed up et and the predator basically uh huh. two little kids get power of this incredibly powerful alien killing death machine and hijinks ensue and it's really fun it walks that really like fine evil deadline between uh gratuitous horror and gratuitous violent uh, okay. our humor and um it, it just it, it's really uh it's the same people that did that movie the void a couple years ago okay. which is a really good budget uh um low-key um sci-fi horror um so it's really great i i can't say enough good things about if it. if only arnold had offered the predator a ride on his bike maybe everything would have been okay maybe well, if, he didn't, if he didn't take that truck off and blow it up with the, all the, the gorillas out there. Psycho <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Gorman, that's on Shudder, am I right? It is. It, it, it's also available on uh, pay-per-view, VOD. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, but it, uh, yeah, it made it Shudder premiere this week. Nice. It's really fun. If you like wet puppets, uh, if you like that 80s style of... Uh, no, I'm a pretty big you know, dry well, puppet fan, but yeah, wet puppets. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> um, Cardi B likes WAP, the wet-ass puppets, so... Uh, it's, wet it's teddy bears get your wet teddy bears <laughs> but yeah that was fun so that's what i watched this week nice. cool uh i've seen a couple things that i'll make note of first is a film called seance that arrived this week that's from director simon barrett he co-wrote the guest and your next and blair witch mm-hmm. with adam wingard of course i know this is his um i don't think it's directorial debut but it's certainly you know it's one of his few directorial projects and one of his first without adam wingard's involvement um, it is, I, I, I don't want to spoil too much, but it, it is like, it, it's like a slasher slash supernatural horror film. It, it, it takes place at an all girls school. A new girl played by Suki Waterhouse has just arrived because another member of the school recently died due to a group of friends doing a seance that resulted in an accidental death, essentially, or was it, uh, we come to oh. find out various things, but Essentially, there seems to be someone that is doing slasher type stuff, but there may also be either the same or something else that is a supernatural presence of sorts. I like uh, the way that you described it as, um, well, somebody died, so somebody else was admitted, as if that's how like admissions work at private schools. Yeah, it was full, sports. and then it wasn't full anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what happened. I was like, oh, this is a scary premise. <laughs> um, that said, despite how much I've described it, like I think it's... T- 
it's not great. Like, I don't think it's bad necessarily, but it just kind of, by the end of it, I was like, well, I did not enjoy the time spent on this movie, but it doesn't feel like it adds up to a whole lot. Um, I, I know some like it more than others. I do think the... I, <laughs> I think it has a certain kind of irreverent attitude that doesn't quite click in the same way that it did with, like, Your Next and, and The Guest, um, which is a bit of a shame. That's why I wanted to watch the movie, because it was from those, the, the, you know, the writer of those films, which I think do have a good job of handling both the kind of the tension aspect as well as the the sense of humor, or at least the tone. This one tries to do that, just doesn't feel quite as successful. That said, you know, it's not it's not a horrible film by any means. It's 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 decent enough. It it and it's pretty low budget too. It feels like it it's all set in, in this school, which is like in this you know hide some hideaway mansion somewhere in the woods uh so like it it does the job okay it's just not as quite as good as i would have liked it to be um i also saw the dry this is a new eric banna film set in australia it is a detective mystery um he plays a cop who comes or i think he's just like a he's like a special agent he's like a government agent uh, but he comes back home to his hometown and he's to to um attend the funeral of a friend of his uh, and that he he has a reputation in the town for being maybe involved in the murder of a young girl when he was a teenager, or a teenage girl when he was a teenager. Basically, they think that he killed this teenage girl um, while he's maintained his innocence. But he believes that this recent thing that happened might be connected to the thing from the past. And so you have him kind of dealing with this small town with various secrets in it um, and kind of recalling his past his you know his younger life which is uh, quite effective because you get this younger version of eric bana and the actor playing young eric bana good job like he does a good job of playing this looks younger like version him. of him yeah he looks like him but he also just has this kind of like it feels like they did the the, the right work is is as far okay. as getting a young actor to you know seem like eric bana when he was young but uh, eric bana is really good at this i haven't i i can't say i haven't like he pops up every now and again but like as a you know for a in you know a smaller movie where he's like the lead He's just re- like it. It just it was a good reminder of how talented I think Eric Bana is, and how uh, it's a little unfortunate that he just wasn't like he's not like a bigger star because I think he's very good in this movie, and it's a good little mystery. Um, it it does the job. It's uh just it's just a solid like detective story. Uh, it's not it's not breaking any molds, but it just like it does its job. And I think the use of the Australian landscape I think is really well done as well because you're like set in this like small rural town, um, and you just get these great shots of the you know the outback and whatnot. So it it, it does its job. And uh, the last thing I'll mention is The Amusement Park. Um, this is the lost George A. Romero film. Um, I know. I'm so excited. I'm I, I, won't say, I won't say too much about it. I will just say that the reason it was lost was that basically a Lutheran church gave Romero funding to make a – basically a PSA about, about uh, elderly abuse. And he made a film that's about an hour long. And they decided this was too extreme, and so they just buried it. And like now, now decades later, it's basically whatever they needed to do to get the rights or what have you. They've done that, and it's being released. It's going to be a Shutter exclusive, actually, in I believe I think early June. Um, and it, it it's very effective. I I will say George Romero is a is he this is made in the mid 70s. It's between night and dawn. <laughs> And uh, it's it does the job as far as what you can get out of a. I'm, I'm excited to see it. Mm-hmm. They're uh, they're going to be showing it on the big screen uh, at the Monroeville Mall uh, during the Living Dead weekend on Fourth of July this year. So I'm 
Very I'll cool. see it there too, probably. Yeah. Seems like I'm the excited. perfect setting for something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Park? Can't wait. Called again? Uh, the amusement park. Amusement park. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it's okay. been it's been buried for decades, and it's finally getting a release. Yeah. So it, it's a, uh, uh, I I. It, it's very much a '70s horror film with a kind of a, despite despite who it focuses on, it does have this kind not like quite a psychedelic feel, but there's certainly like an other an otherworldliness to it. Uh, it's the best way to put it, I guess, because it's it's not a zombie movie. Um, it's not a necessarily a graphic horror movie. It's just un it just gives you an uneasy feeling as you're watching oh. it, which I think was quite effective. So, yeah, that's enough quickies. Tim, let's move on now. Let's get to some of our trailer talk, where we talk about some new movie trailers, when they're coming out, what we thought of them, and what have you. And this week we got a, we got, we do have a double header here this week. We're talking about two trailers. First up is Snake Eyes: Colon GI Joe Origins. This is, this is of course the origin story for Snake Eyes. What? Uh, played by the very talkative uh, Henry Golding, known for, <laughs> you know, having a face. Uh, he gets to play Snake Eyes. <laughs> so <laughs> they need they need people in seats, Aaron. <laughs> I understandable, but yes, we have a, a Snake Eyes movie. It all it features a number of people. We have Iko Uwe's from the Raid films as as um. Storm Shadow, which that's that's something. That's uh, a good cast. I, I'm, I'm not sure that's right. I think he's the blind master. Oh, he's, uh, sorry, blind master. Yeah. Oh yeah, I see you now. I'm looking. I just pulled up the page. Andrew Koji plays Storm Shadow. Eko uh, always plays Hard Master. Peter Mensa plays Blind Master. I like Peter Mensa. That's neat to see. Um, and Samara Weaving plays Scarlet, uh, among other things. Luke, I know that you are among the other things. Among the things you do, you you review like toys and what have you. Uh, are are you interested in a Snake Eyes movie? Well, yes and no. I mean, I I think the mystery is key to his character. If you take it away, it could be absolutely terrible. But uh, I like that, you know, the characters look like they're supposed to. Scarlet and the Baroness look like they're supposed to. Uh, very sort of cautiously optimistic. I really like Retaliation, and I thought that kind of captured the feel of the toys and the cartoon. This one, um, the trailer is really generic so far. The toys from Hasbro look great, as they should. Um, and I'm sorry it's not a prequel to Nicolas Cage's character in the Brian De Palma movie. Also, <laughs> that would be fantastic. Uh, also, Nicolas Cage, also famous for having a face, arguably more so because John Travolta wore it. Uh, yeah, watch watch Adam, Wingard, Adam Wingard news story tomorrow. Adam Wingard casts Henry Golding in Face, in face Off 2. <laughs> Henry Golding and Nicolas Cage, yes. That would go. be amazing. A I hell of an in-joke. So I'm, again, cautiously optimistic. I you know, I love the toys with G.I. Joe. I would never really delve deep into the lore of the comics. But yeah, Snake Eyes is supposed to be mysterious. And taking away all his mysteries seems, seems misguided. But I don't have any super affection for official G.I. Joe canon because I always kind of made my own. So I'm just open to where it goes. Jim, how about you? Were you, a, were you growing up a G.I. Joe fan? Not as much. Um, I read some of the comics just because I was a Marvel zombie as a kid, but that was as far as it went. I'm I'm more sold on this for Henry Golding. I really like him. Uh, everything I've seen him in, I really enjoyed him in. I thought he was really a standout and a gentleman. Um, 
and that seemed like a movie came it came out five years ago because of pandemic time. Uh, but the the trailer looks good. I'm a little hesitant on uh, Schwenke, uh, the director. Uh-huh. I mean, they kind of had him stuck on those Divergent movies for a while, um, and R.I.P.D. was no great movie um, either. But uh, yeah, but I mean, the, the action looks good enough. I really like Golding. I think he could really sell it um, for me, and the supporting cast looks strong. So I'll definitely check it out. Um, but I collect toys too, just not those. It also comes out on my birthday, incidentally, so I can't oh, not go. play it out. Well, good to know. Um, for, for your future invite for this podcast. July, exactly, <laughs> July 23rd. Be ready, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Abe, uh, not to, to play up the differential in age, but I feel like you and I are a little, you know, less... <laughs> Less, I don't know, less familiar with G.I. Joe by comparison? Do you do you I care about G.I. Joe? Well, I, we had G.I. Joe around us. It just wasn't – it was like – it was still the original uh, cartoon series. And I think they had a reboot of it too during our, during our growing up phase. Um, as far as like G.I. Joe goes, you know, or as far as Snake Eyes, this trailer goes, I'm with Jim. I, I, I'm excited because I like Henry Golding. I, I would love for him to continue to be prosperous in his movie career. Um including maybe even a stint as James Bond. We'll see. But oh, that would be so cool. Yeah. But I think among the other things is that I, I like the action that I'm seeing so far in the trailer because uh, the guy who plays Storm Shatter, Andrew Koji, he's he was in that series that I was talking about on Cinemax or... Warrior? Warrior, Warrior? yeah. Oh, that's really and good. so, like, it looks like he can fight, and I'd be curious to see how they shoot some of the stuff when, when Jim mentioned that it's directed by Robert Schwenke, I was just like, mm, okay, maybe we'll see. But, um, I'm, you know, I, I'm excited for it in that it's a Henry Golding vehicle, but you know, I'm not super, I, I don't really know as much lore about, um, the GI Joe series versus like transformers, which was something that definitely was rebooted many times, uh, during Aaron I's childhood. Yeah, I got nothing as far as familiarity with G.I. Joe beyond, well, yeah, there were toys, uh, and there's a show that I didn't really watch, and um, there were movies that I liked fine, I just don't revisit them very often. I I like that, by default, I will probably be watching G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra, and Retaliation in the coming months, but um, outside of that, doing a Snake Eyes movie, just based off my general knowledge of Snake Eyes, it's like, why <laughs> I, um, I don't i beyond if you're gonna say it's just a movie about snake eyes that seems limiting as far as your lead character is you know mute and has no face but okay but now you're doing an origin story so that seems even further down the rabbit hole of so you're taking away the things that he's known for to just make an action movie i am fully on board with the henry golding leads an action movie during the summer that sounds cool to me I do have hesitation when it's Robert Schwenke directs a movie about Henry Golding yeah, as, as see, a ninja. Yeah, that's my problem too. And especially when I say as a ninja, I just tend to think there there aren't many good ninja movies in the past <laughs> many in the, in the many years that have passed. That's not really a thing that you're like, yeah, look at all those good ninja movies that have come out in recent years. That's just not really a thing. So Did you just say you're a ninja. You said as a ninja. <laughs> well, yeah, as a ninja. I, yeah, that's why I specifically related. I never knew you were a ninja. Though. I didn't. Yeah, how can I join this club? Well, you're not know. supposed. You're not supposed to talk about it. I mean, I'm. Oh, got it. Okay. Well, okay. Teenage <laughs> Mutant Ninja Turtles was a good movie. That second one I really enjoyed. Um, 
What about Ninja Three: The Domination, where a uh, aerobics instructor gets possessed by the the uh, spirit of an old? Yeah, but ninja. then you're tra- you're traveling back in time now. I'm talking about like <laughs> recent years. Oh, okay, okay. When you, when you get enough. a movie like Ninja Assassin, starring Rain, directed by James yeah, Fatigue, okay. and I'm That's thinking, right. I'm thinking that should be good by default, and and it, and yeah. it wasn't really good by default. So it's like. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying, guys, is I, I want good ninja movies, and I hope yeah. that Robert Schwenke delivers. It's just when I look at you know when I think about the films he's directed, I'm like, there's nothing that's telling me that this is going to be, uh, you know, better <laughs> necessarily better. I hope. Well, I'm wrong. What I, if Michael Dudikoff just shows up for one scene in this movie? Would you give it a pass? I mean, I, I'd give it a gentleman's hat tip. <laughs> Still super buff American ninja style. Mm. And also, like, given that it's the Snake Eyes prequel movie or the origin story, is this movie just gonna be like it ends with Henry Golden getting like his his vocal cords ripped out and you're just walking away like, oh, that was a fun time in the theaters. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, a, it's gonna be a weird beat to end it on, really I think. That way. As long as it doesn't get shot in the face with memory bullets, I guess it'll be okay. But we'll, we'll see where that goes. Regardless, uh, Snake Eyes opens uh, on Luke Thompson's birthday, July twenty third, twenty twenty one. National holiday. Yeah, it, yeah. No, we all take the day off. We'll all be off that Oh, day, normally so it's Comic-Con. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, normally Sweet. you would be at Comic-Con, but this year, you're at, you're in, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, you're in the Zombie King suite at Caesar's Palace, you know, ordering the the, the Paramount Plus version of Snake Eyes that I, I, I just made up. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on to the next Damn, trailer. Damn, you just made that up. Oh. <laughs> let's move on to the next trailer for The Green Knight. This is the newest film from David Lowry, director of such films as Peach Dragon and A Ghost Story, very connected. Um, this one stars uh, Dev Patel as Sir Gawain of Arthurian legend, and it's a medieval epic fantasy film from A24, which is just an interesting sentence to say out loud. But I'll start with Jim this time. Are you interested in The Green Knight? Very much so. I love Dev Patel. Uh, I think he's a great actor. I'm interested to see what Lowry does with this kind of setting. I like the look of the trailer, the kind of uh, like ancient, misty look of it, and just the I don't know. I just really it really appeals to me. I think it looks really great, and I'm I'm interested. I'm in. Luke, how about you? I am interested. The weird thing is, I haven't actually seen any of David Lowry's major features, which is strange because i used to know him like he used to be a (laughs) regular reader of my blog back in the day and so he sent me a bunch of his short films the birthday present one year so i've seen those (laughs) which i really like and uh i love the look of this one i love that somebody's doing an arthurian take that isn't just you know arthur and mordred and lancelot again so it's a it's a and i you know i had to actually look up the myth of gawain and the green knight because i realized i didn't know how it turns out so I think a lot of people don't either. I certainly don't, and that makes me and I, I I'm just really excited for this thing. We were I think we were all excited last year when we first saw the first trailer, and now this new trailer came out, and it's just like yeah, still excited because this just looks awesome. I mean, the, yeah. it's hard it's hard to hard to be less um, hyperbolic about it. It just looks like the, the like just a really great thing to be coming along as far as a big. A, like a grand scale A24 medieval fantasy film. That's like yes, why not? And like Dev Patel who I think is just ascended to being just great leading man material. And I'd like to see him in more stuff. Just looks like perfectly fit for this world. The, um, again, for a movie that I assume has a moderate budget, the effects and the makeup look just incredible. Like it just looks like yeah. a really like this environment. I'm already like fascinated by as far as the world they're setting up with these various creatures and monsters. There's like giants in this trailer and it's like, yeah, 
Like, I want more of this now. So but know, they I'm... don't look like they don't look like the Tolkien giants. It doesn't. I mean, yeah, when, yeah, when but... you go for that fancy setting, a lot of times they take Tolkien off the shelf and use that for their production design. This has a very otherworldly look to it that I really appreciate. I, really I like that. And I, agree. I, I, I totally agree with you. I'm after seeing David Copperfield. I'm as sold as I was on Dev Patel before. I'm 110 percent sold on him now so i'm very excited for this yeah i like i watched this trailer and i saw that david copperfield's now on hbo max a movie that i mm-hmm. really enjoyed last year and i'm like i want to oh, watch yeah. i want to watch david copperfield right now because of all this so no I, i'm really looking forward to this but uh, abe how about you nothing really to add except give this to me now <laughs> like, just give this to me. it looks tremendous and you know david uh, i'm gonna call him dilo because because uh, uh luke knows him personally so dilo has made uh, <laughs> peter's <laughs> dragon yeah peter's His dragon call him is... ghost boy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call him ghost boy yeah. but peter's dragon was uh was better than i was expecting it to be and then a ghost story is one of those movies where it's just like I, this is such a weird movie, but it, it's so like it has so much feeling in it. And I actually especially like the way that it ends is like, oh, this is very weirdly. Uh, I don't like a universal like I, the word I'm looking for escapes me where it's just like mind melding and, and Ben's time kind of thing. But it's like, oh, so I'm curious to see what he's going to do with this. Um, but yeah, other than what you guys have said, yes. I would love to see this right now. I'll add that um, his the old man and the gun with Robert Redford. Oh yes, um, that was. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty terrific film as well. Anna had it on her top ten list of the year. We we got to hang out with Dave, with with Dilo um, during like Ooh. like the award season, and he's just yeah like I uh, it I I remember he was he was talking about like setting up this movie at that point. And it's mm-hmm. like, good, this just looks great. <laughs> like, this just looks like such a fun, Excellent. like, a, just a real, like, interesting ride as far as taking, like you said, Luke, as far as doing something different with Arthurian legend, that's exactly what I want to see. Just like, yeah, let's take these, if we're going to keep doing this stuff, let's move it in a different direction for a change of pace and, like, have some fun with it. Like, make it something you're, different. You're, you remind me, I did actually see Old Man and the Gun. Mm-hmm. I worked at a movie theater at the time. It was a movie theater that mostly catered to seniors. And to a one everyone buying a ticket was like one old man for the old man and the gun. <laughs> like they were you the first person to think of. every time. Yeah. <laughs> well, regardless, uh, the green night opens, as we all know, a week after Luke Thompson's birthday, July 30th, 2021. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's uh, a movie we are certainly looking forward to. Now we need the environmentalists to come up to the box office and say, one green night for the green night. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right let's um that's trailer talk let's move on now let's get to our main review for army of the dead mr ward how would you like to make 50 million dollars on a warm summer's evening on a train bound for nowhere Met up with a gambler. We were both too tired to sleep, so we took turns of staring out the window at the darkness. The boredom overtook us, and he began to speak. He said, "Son, I've made a life out of reading people's faces." Think about it. Everything we did, all those people we saved. The way they held their eyes. Look what it does. You don't mind my saying. What if? 
I can see you're out of base. Of just once. We did something just for us. You ready to play? There's $200 million in the vault beneath the strip. With a 32-hour window to get it out. Find the safe. This should be a simple in and out. It's not too late to go back. That should have been some of the trailer for Army of the Dead. Following a lengthy development period and an obvious DC detour, Zack Snyder decided it was time to get up and get back down with the sickness as he revisited the zombie genre from a new angle. This time, Las Vegas has become a, co- a contained quarantine zone for zombies, uh, and Hiroyuki's Scorpion Sonata has recruited Dave Batista to steal <laughs> $200 million from a casino. To do this, Batista has to recruit a regular Dirty Dozen to come with him in order to take on zombies crack a safe and helicopter out of the city all before a nuke arrives to take out the entire area what could go wrong luke did anything go wrong or is snyder in a groove with his second film of the year oh maybe some things went wrong but i I think it's okay um certainly some things went wrong for the heist (laughs) and if you talk to people online it's an outrage that sean spicer appears for a split second as a right-wing pundit being an idiot uh but I think for a movie that's promote, that was promoted almost exactly the same way as Resident Evil Extinction, it is ironically the best Resident Evil movie to date, even to the point where, if you've played the first game, the tyrant busts out at about the same point towards the end. <laughs> um, that's so true. And, and, you know, the tiger is like some of the Resident Evil creatures, and there are different hierarchies. So, it, you know, I can't pretend that I didn't see most every beat in it coming but i enjoyed those beats anyway i enjoyed the excessive gore which is what you're mostly there for i think in a zombie movie and you know zombie movies aren't a lot about unpredictability usually and it's an obvious social metaphor where you say oh it's vegas so they're mindless consumers it's like yeah okay we got that when they were in a mall the first time you could just put a zombie in a shirt that says i'm a consumer and get it over in 30 seconds um, but I liked, you know, I like the accidental timeliness of the disease camps where they're doing temperature checks and, you know, they did it before the pandemic because the temperature guns take way longer to work than the real ones. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with it. I, I think it's interesting to see Zack Snyder's cinematography now that he's doing it go sort of more Simpson Brookheimer than his usual copy of comic book, but he still has that steel sheen rather than the more orange sunsetty stuff that tony scott and michael bay like other than that similar similar sort of music beats uh the one decision i think that goes wrong in it is showing dave batista crying in slow motion with his big crying face because dave batista is such a minimalist actor who throws his lines away and really underplays so when you try to if i were him and i were underplaying it consistently and someone makes this slow motion shot of my crying face, I think I would feel mildly done dirty. But it doesn't ruin the movie. All right. Jim, how about you? What did you think of Army of the Dead? This is a very Zack Snyder movie in a lot of ways. (laughs) Um, First of all, it's about a half hour too long. Uh, Second of all, (laughs) uh, some of the camera effects are a little distracting. Like, you did that soft focus, character moving into focus, moving out of focus shot. Like, enough that I was, like, really noticing it. 
but I mean, other than the Snyderisms or whatever, it was fun. It was a nice ride. Uh, like like Luke said, there weren't any you know there weren't any twists I didn't see coming. Um, you get solid performances from Dillahunt and you know uh, Sonata for like a few minutes. He's on the screen. Uh, Tignataro uh, stood out, even though she filmed. I heard later all of her stuff separately, mm-hmm. uh, digitally to. Uh, 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 fill in for Crystalia, who had been taken out of the movie. Um, I liked the the um, the hierarchy of zombies. It gave it a little bit of a difference than you know other movies that we've seen. Even though those you know archetypes kind of borrowed from other zombie movies too. Um, the look of it was was good. I I liked it better than his other movie this year. So it it was definitely fun. Hey. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much on the same page as Jim. I think it's it's certainly a Zack Snyder movie down to the music videos that he's putting into the movie, um, which do they're, they're very Scorsese-esque in that they they have a point to make. The lyrics have a very good, you know, look to what he's showing on the on the screen. So it fl- it fits in with the movie. But you know, these needle drops are some of them are excellent, and some of them just like okay, cool, yeah, no, I get it. Um, he, I, I, just real quick, I just want, I wanted to mention this because it's in my notes. He always goes for the most obvious needle drop, right? Like at the beginning of Watchmen, he played times they are changing. Yeah, right? but I the feel as though this that's one, part he of, plays like charm, well, though, right? Yeah, I guess. But it's yeah. like this one, he starts with Viva Las Vegas. I mean, I, I'd I argue that why I don't dislike it is it doesn't feel obnoxious in the same way it did in other movies of recent True. years that I've seen it happen. Yeah, I mean, like comparatively to compared to like. Uh, um, what was a uh, sucker punch where I was like, mm, yeah, this this uh <laughs> sweet dreams song in the beginning here is is very much like too much on the nose, and I don't really know what I'm uh watching here. But the Viva Las Vegas, I like the rendition of it. I I kind of like that it was like a story within a story, which is again a, a Snyderism. Hmm. But um right. overall, like it is a fun movie, and I did like that it's a it's quick. Like hey, just assemble your crew. We're gonna get into this place. And you guys already know what you guys are going to do. And to everybody, what everybody has said so far, yes, everybody is kind of like a trope or every group is already a trope. You kind of already know what's going to happen to some of these folks and what have you. But I think what happens is that I kind of warmed up to some of these characters more than I thought I might. Um, and even some characters I despise much more than I might. Right. So it was a nice, uh, I guess, growth on that on that front. However, yes, the movie is a little long. Um, and what I think think i had problems with are just more nitpicks of like would that happen like why does this tiger need to eat things like i don't know what's happening here but uh those are nitpicks aside and also the largest nitpick would be probably with um uh ella purnell kate's character where it's like you did all this as perhaps like a side mission um and that side mission kind of leads to nothing overall uh so it's kind of like a, a bummer so to speak but it's fun in that, yeah, it, it, I did like that there's different types of zombies, fast act, fast acting, but also like, yeah, the alphas. And I, I like that the uh, the main guy was like, yep, I'm just going to go and, and become like this giant uh, Caesar uh, uh, towering figure in this entire uh, encapsulated world. So like, it, it's a cool play on what you can continue to do in the zombie genre. Um doesn't really add anything new but you know the gunfights are fun and also yeah i I kind of like dug some of the characters i I was rooting for at least a couple of them for sure um mainly the two folks that are like working on a vault but uh i was like oh Oh, yeah that was was probably my favorite pairing of characters right yeah i mean 
the zombie tiger eats things because all zombies eat things. That's the, <laughs> but that's that's the one thing that zombies do. They eat. Um, <laughs> I, he didn't I, have a stomach. <laughs> none of, who can, no zombies have the working organs. That's not. That doesn't matter. <laughs> that's just their and yet time. they never shit themselves ever. <laughs> it just all. It they're like they're like birds. It just goes through them. <laughs> Um, I had a blast with this movie. I, this is just big, dumb fun in a way that I appreciated. I, I feel like this is Snyder knowing that his stuff is dumb uh, compared to being convinced otherwise in other movies that he's done. I think this is his best movie since Watchmen. I just really enjoyed what was going on here um, as far as go for broke craziness. You mentioned like the song, the Viva Las Vegas. Yeah. That's Richard cheese. Who was, who he used in Dawn of the dead. Uh, my favorite of Zombie Snyder's movie. So I'm like, yeah, all right, let's, I'll, I was in from word go. Once he got to that opening credit sequence, uh, which is another really strong Snyder opening credit sequence. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that. This is a movie that can both have a zombie tiger as well as have an entire subplot focused on, the emotional distraught nature of this character trying to find this family that's in need and then and completely discard it by the end of the movie. <laughs> like that's just it's it's insane to me that that's like the approach he went with as far as writing this film out. Being like, yeah, I mean, we'll have the character be motivated by this, but that won't matter ultimately. It's like, okay, that's that's a way to go. I, I think Batista is quite good here. Um, that's not a surprise as far, I think, Abe, you and I have both been big Batista fans, like, in all of the things that we've seen him in, and, like, the career he's formed over the past decade. Yeah, I'll um, text him right now, tell him that we like him. Yeah, I, I have him as <laughs> I, I big Davy B in my phone, is that how you have it also? <laughs> big Davy B. Yeah, uh, but, no, I think he, you know, for an ensemble film where he's ostensibly the lead character, I do think he brings the right kind of gravitas here. And Luke, you're exactly right as far as how he kind of throws away lines. Like he really knows how to nail that delivery, which I think is impressive for, you know, a, a person of his kind of stature um, and the way he's, you know, cast in certain things. Uh, this whole cast, I mean, yeah, there are ones I don't care about nearly as much as other ones. But I, yeah, I really did like the Omari Hardwick and Matthias Schweighoffer characters. They were a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I the the characters you're supposed to really dislike. I certainly disliked them. Uh, <laughs> Jim, you mentioned Tignataro being brought in here. The scenes that she's in, regardless of being green screened and later, are really funny. Like, oh yeah, she's great. The in, the intro to her character is very funny as far as just mm-hmm. being in on the job. We are putting together a crew for a job. Yeah, what does it pay? Well, it depends out. You make two million dollars for one day's work. Two million dollars. But that's my share. That's just for me. Two million dollars if it pans out. Hundred percent. I'm in. Yeah. You don't want to know, you know, the risks or why would I want to know the risks? Two million dollars? It's a lot of cash. Listen, I hate my life so deeply. If I had two million dollars, my life would change drastically. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. You sure you don't want to know? Uh, I bet it had something to do with a helicopter. Yeah. I'm the helicopter guy. Yeah. Yeah. Where do I sign? Um, but the the action that you get in this, I, if I had to like comment on an area negatively, and yeah, I mean this movie's not perfect by any means. I do think like given all the action I've seen in Snyder movies, I thought this was good but not great. Like even even Dawn of the Dead, his presumably least expensive film, uh, had some like really memorable action where this just feels more like run and gun kind of stuff, which is fine. It's just it's not quite as creative as the various things I've seen in his different movies since you know in the past 
15 years. Um, but that doesn't take away from the fact that it like it just it, I was in with the tone. I feel like mm-hmm. I, I I can understand mixed feelings from others. I thought he like got the tone down as far as what he was trying to do with this. And I, I really appreciated that. And as far as him serving as his own DP, it didn't so much bother me just because I'm like, well, when have I seen this movie before? Like, when have I seen something like, like if I'm going to get one of these, fine. I'm happy that this, <laughs> this like it looks unique to itself, which is interesting because the, the Justice League, like that epilogue scene was shot the same way, which makes sense because he shot that later. Right. He shot that with his own camera, his own digital cameras. Uh, this is his first digital feature length film. And he just kind of did the same thing with like the use of shallow focus and whatnot. And I just, I didn't, it didn't bother me. Like I, I noticed it at first. I was like, okay, he's doing that thing. But I don't know, just the vibe of the thing kind of worked for me. It just had this weird, like dream, like feeling to it is like kind of giving it a, 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 you know, surreal touch. So like Mm -hmm. overall, no, I just had a blast with this movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. Did you see where you compared it to Braveheart recently? Nope. (laughs) <laughs> this, this this may devalue your thesis that he knows it's dumb because he said it was like a reverse Braveheart. The zombies are the Scottish people and the the team are the English. They're coming in and they make a pact and then they proceed to violate the pact in all sorts of ways. And it's like, yeah, sure, baby, but the big zombie was still kidnapping people and eating them and they still just eat people, which is not what the Scottish people did. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it makes sense. The, you know, uh, I, I, the, I, I did his wrote... speech at the end there with his zombie buddies. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the interview Snyder's been giving of recent weeks, I've just kind of started tuning out because it's just a lot of like, like yeah, not listening. It's to a them. lot of like big quotes and things. Where I'm like, okay, I, like, yeah. I, I'm I'm good. <laughs> well, uh, well, I have a question for you guys here. As uh, so, the whole entire idea of like the hierarchy of of zombies has did Snyder do that in Dawn of the Dead? No. 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 Has anybody no. done that really before too? There's Where it's like, the, yeah, there are. Well, movies. Resident Evil again. Resident Evil, yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. like I got like the smart zombies, and then I got like you know like the the drone zombies kind of thing. Yeah, there I'm are... not sure we we know for sure that Zeus is actually a zombie. He escapes from Area 51. He could be an alien. I don't think it's. I don't think the movie 100% commits yeah. on that. He's he's patient zero. That's I think the what, right what yeah. matters there. But he's I mean... the one that Will Smith was hunting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's um i know his name too it's a d what's, what's his name <laughs> wait the, the guy from the the actor uh from i am legend that plays that oh movie. i don't know yeah. i don't know because <laughs> he's, he's in kiss kiss bang bang and he's in a number of other things uh anyway uh no anyway, yeah, in terms but... of your question yeah i mean yeah there's there's enough zombie movies where these ideas are being recycled to a point sure, sure, sure. but in terms yeah. of but no in, ter- in terms of your question yeah like it i uh, I liked seeing it, I, you know, because like Jim, you said, like, it is nice to see something different, like when it comes to mm-hmm. these things. Oh, yeah, definitely. We, especially, you know, you and I, we talk about The Walking Dead every week, so right. I, we're, we're <laughs> plenty familiar with zombies. <laughs> and so <laughs> any 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 uh, move on that, you know, spectrum of how you do this, I am welcome to see, because for one thing, they're fake, so it doesn't matter. Um, right. also, that we yeah, know of. It, and yeah, it's, it oh. is nice to see, you know a different take on how this thing works. Real quick, it, it just informs the world. And given that, while I'm happy with just this film, given that Snyder wants to make a whole universe out of this thing, there's already a prequel film that's been, I believe, shot, yes. that's direct, that's directed by the by the German actor, uh, Matthias. Mm. Like he, oh, it's, wow. Yeah, Schaihofer. And, Schaihofer. And there is a animated series, I believe, also being made. Like, yes. We're going to see more of this Army and, of the Dead world. <laughs> and a VR experience. Oh, of course. Out for the most important yeah. part. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's the new frontier. So, mm-hmm. like, I like that they're introducing these ideas without, like, 
really delving too far into them mm-hmm. um just because i just find it neat but you know if the if the rest of this world that we're going to get out of it uh, which is not you know you, this film doesn't like branch you into that as far as being like you you know it's setting you up for other things i think it works pretty well as a standalone but sure that said okay cool like there's more stuff great they've established some neat rules and ideas already so that's fine i think the other question i have is um you know this is the second time that david batista has been witness to a miracle in movies um so did you guys is that something that's also and obviously this is like a a huge uh part of the or not a huge part but it is very specific to the movie so I'm, i'm being super general about it but is that something that has been brought up in other zombie movies Wait, say that again? I think I missed the... The Dave Bautista, or I'm sorry, the, the Zeus zombie with his queen zombie and how they rule over their, their kingdom and and uh, how there's things that happen with among their kingdom that, that can continue to proliferate the zombie race. Ah, gotcha. Um, well, there was... No, but Snyder did have the zombie baby in Dawn of the Dead, so that is an idea that he kind of likes. Uh, but it wasn't created by procreation in that case it's created by a bite so um yeah i I can't i'm not gonna say no necessarily but i don't think it's necessarily been zombie specific in the past like you already mentioned i am legend once and i think that's part of it too if that lead zombie who like wants his wife back if i'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. i i forget now i'm forgetting which is the (laughs) alternate ending and which is the real ending in that movie because i've seen them both and they're both bad um <laughs> Dash Mihawk. That's the actor that plays the main. main. <laughs> Good job. Stick him a minute. <laughs> um, uh no, I can't think specifically of like leaders of the well, like like Ghosts of Mars, I guess, kinda has that going for it, doesn't it? And that yeah. the same guy in Ghosts of Mars. Too. It looks basically like the same guy from Ghosts of Mars. <laughs> like this movie's basically aliens, Ghost of Mars, and like Left for Dead. Like no, I'm pretty exactly. sure it's the same actor actually. Oh really? <laughs> wow. Oh. It, it actually reminded me of a zombie-populated Escape from New York, right? Yeah, there's there's some that's, carpenter in that's here. That's true, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's definitely that that aspect to it too, at least for me. Um, but I I I agree. I I didn't want to say this because I keep seeing it in the reviews, but it very much is like a like like Luke was saying, a video game style movie. It's right. the the whole T virus, you know, evolution of of uh, different zombies from Resident Evil. You've got you know Vegas run over by zombies, as in Dead Rising. You know, it takes a little column A, a little column B, and then puts it through the Snyder machine, and boom. But I, I also agree with what Aaron was saying. I think Batista's solidness. Um, it was a better performance than I expected of him. I'm getting uh, serious Thomas uh, Tom uh, Hiddleston vibes off that Matthias uh, uh, Schweighoffer. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of like uh, goofy, you know, mischievous kind of thing going on. Well, we all know the basics. Zombies, shamblers, the undead, whatever you want to call them. When it comes to killing them, it's all about the brain. brain. If one comes at you, shoot it in the brain. It's that simple. Any questions? Yes. What if I took a big rock and smashed it into the head? Would, would that work? Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that also, that'd still be targeting the brain, so that would work. Copy that. Um, but I, I enjoyed it, and, uh, you know, it, I, I, again, I hate to make the metaphor of it being like a video game, but it very much is that kind of, has that flavor to it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Luke, you're exactly right. It is the same actor from Ghost of Mars, whose credited name is, of course, Big Daddy Mars. <laughs> Big Daddy Mars. <laughs> he also he also played the headless horseman on the Sleepy Hollow show. 
Uh, on that, the show? On the show. That, of course, wow. Bra- Bra- uh, friends of the show, Brandon Peters and Maxwell and I, we, of course, hosted the Icapod Cranecast, where yeah, we exactly. talked about it. Yeah. So. The, Legendary. The, yeah. yeah. The seasonal hit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the other thing about the uh, – uh, you guys were mentioning that uh, it's very video game-ish. And, yeah, I totally got that, too. I mean, this is definitely – a mission that you had to do in Left 4 Dead 2. With submissions um, and, you know, optional objectives and everything. Like, it, that's, yeah, that's save true, your yeah. Daughter. <laughs> save your daughter. Right, friend. yeah. Choose, choose to save your daughter, press X. Choose uh, which path then... to take to get through the zombies. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Optional um, take head with you minigame. <laughs> you, then you, when you finish it, you have to go play it again and then pick up all the, uh, the rubies. Um, but how it plays out it's like the worst version of rainbow six where it's like you planned a mission and it goes a different way (laughs) (laughs) take that michael b jordan um (laughs) (laughs) but i think the overall thing about this movie is is that i I dug that it was self-contained too it wasn't like hey by the way the entire u.s has been overrun or whatever countries it's just no just las vegas and you know we put a bunch of shipping containers around it and it's cool now because everybody's living a normal life outside of it Except just don't go there because it's off limits. Here's a question. First off, how do you put that many containers around it before the <laughs> zombies are able to get away? That's impressive to me. So good on them for, I guess, yeah. strategic timing. But um, you nuke it, right? Like, is that just, should that be controversial? It's like, what else do you do with that? Maybe they're waiting to see what the zombies might do. I mean, what they might do is get out, is my thought. <laughs> like, so it's like, what? why they're not against the walls to begin with that, I don't know how the hierarchy works. Maybe, they just like, maybe they're like Caesar and the apes, and they're just like, just leave us alone. We're here. We're cool. If, right? if you, it, the thing about the story is if you look at it for more than a couple of minutes and just don't go for the ride, <laughs> you kind of can pick it apart pretty easily. I mean, they would have run out of brains to eat months ago, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's like a lot of little things that keep happening that, you know, it's like if you were to try to, you know, pull that thread of the story a little, you know, like the whole that, thing would unravel. They kind of, don't they? Because they have like just ones that are just like hibernating or just like not doing anything, like what the shamblers or whatnot, like they they delineate the ranks. But yes, I guess they do have the, like, yeah. the, the, well, the head. Well, you know what happens, <laughs> Jim, is that um, you let all the zombies uh, together and then they stop eating coconuts and they start eating each other. And then there's only two two rats left, and then you let them loose on the island, and they don't eat rats, or they don't eat coconuts anymore. They eat rats. Thank I you. Thought you were gonna say, I thought you were going to put in an Uber Eats plug there or something. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. how you get bubonic plague. Thank you. Yeah, I was also just <laughs> unbuttoning Jim's shirt like uh, like our dude uh, in uh, – Skyfall. So. Am, am I am I wrong though? Do you you nuke it, right? That seems like the, you, the you, you probably do it right away, right? <laughs> yeah, like because why even wait? You contained like, it. Yeah, and so you just I mean, look at what look at what they did to Las Vegas in um in Godzilla, right? They're just like, all right, the Muto's there, kill them all. Like it doesn't matter. Don't even like evacuate the city, just kill everybody. So yeah, you probably nuke it right away, but I don't know. I mean, I also had a question about um, did the did the zombies start tunneling? I mean, I, get, I, I think if you wait to nuke them, yes, they figure out how to tunnel. That's my thought. Right. Like, I was like, I think these zombies are pretty smart, right? So wouldn't they want to know, like, we need food sources, and we've eaten everything here, and we've become cannibals. So, maybe he was yeah. like, maybe like he his plan was like, you know, to tunnel, but then he then he heard out that he's gonna be a, he was gonna be a zombie daddy, and he's like, well, we gotta wait till this fat <laughs> plays out, and then we'll, well figure yeah, out the let me situation. let me wait for this kid to leave the nest, and then yeah. I'll figure it out. Or maybe he was trying to call to his like spaceship or whatever the hell was going on with his origin story, yeah. <laughs> like he was building up <laughs> the 
building up the uh, the uh, statue of the New York New York Statue of Liberty to uh, <laughs> as a as a signal. I have to right. stand up here and pose until the shot is over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was in a, a, I mean, very similar shot in um, Justice League too of Diana standing on the statue just posing heroically, oh, right. yeah. and it makes no damn sense why they would be up there. <laughs> let's you know, uh, she's let's... just telling you that she's part of Truth and Justice. Let's talk a little bit more about some of these characters because yes, we do. We mentioned some already. Are there, were there any other like standouts, Jim? You mentioned Garrett Dillahunt, who I think is making like a a, a callback to his role in uh, in, in Burning Bright, of all things. Maybe he plays a very good asshole in this movie, uh-huh. <laughs> and he's clearly marked as such through the entire film, and uh, of course plays true to form. I really liked Amari Hardwick's character playing off of. Uh, Matthias Schweighoffer, I uh, thought they were a good pairing there. Um, it's always uh, it's always great to see uh, Yuriki Sonata in pretty much anything. I mean, he, he's pretty much always solid. Um, I love how thankless his role is, too. It's yeah. like, it's like yeah. Zack Snyder called him. It's like, listen, I got an idea. And I just want you to be like a guy that delivers exposition, has a fancy model. Uh, for some right. Reason. And then you see a, a shot of him late in the movie. Yeah. And that's right. Him. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Like I said, I was I was I was more impressed with Dave Bautista's uh, uh, performance than I thought I would be. Um, the the characters are are uh, are pretty fun. I really liked the um um uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the actor. Oh, uh, uh, Raul Castillo's character, the YouTuber uh-huh. who would sneak oh, into yeah, Vegas. Yeah. To, you know, and he did all the the uh, video filters to make it look like he was playing Doom or something. <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was a pretty uh, smart idea. Luke, how about so, you? Any any characters that you, well, you enjoyed in this? I really I really like that when they decided they wanted a wacky German character, they actually got a wacky German actor, yeah, and not right, right. not Alan Tudyk doing his bad German accent or somebody <laughs> right. impersonating Werner Herzog, which is what every other movie would do. So I appreciated I appreciated that. I will say I, I I'm dancing around a spoiler here, but if you know much about Zack Snyder, you know who has the plot armor in this crew, and that if you take even a moment to think about it, it makes sense. Now I'm thinking about it, and I guess so. Are you still, are still talking, or are you? I said, if you take a long time, you'll figure it out by the autumn. Oh, okay. Mm. I really liked, and I don't, I don't see the listing here in the in the cast, but the uh, the queen, like Zeus's queen. I don't even know what the characters would be uh, character be named, like the the showgirl who kind of meets them when they first get there and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Athena um, Parample is the actor. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the queen lady. Yes. Okay. I thought, I thought that was well done. I really, I really appreciate like the real like. Almost like uh, uh, alien movements to the body and stuff, like the real like flat to the ground, very animalistic, very cool. I thought that was well done. I agree yeah. because of you meant like you mentioned the CG being like okay, and I agree, but the makeup effects for the zombie work I think is really well done. Like it does a good job of creating like characters within this zombie world, um, and it, it just generally and it just like it just looks because it's like Vegas and it's dry and whatnot. Like it, you get that sense. Like yeah, zombies are normally like you know, hollowed out things anyway, because they're zombies. They're not, you know, nourished. But I, I felt like it really, it captured the attitude of being like these sun bleached beings that are just stuck mm-hmm. in this place. 
um, which might be more commentary. And on. they're even tired of the sun. Uh-huh. Yeah. They and, never had rain. That was such a setup, and they never delivered on those dried stacks of zombies that come to life in the rain. Sequels, guys, I'm telling you. Non-stop <laughs> <Yeah>. rain. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, there, there's a big nuke there now. So. Well, the, pre- the next one's a prequel. So Army of Thunder. That's what oh. I'm hearing. <laughs> I'm sure. Can we talk Adrian about the fact that Carol Baskin consulted on the zombie tiger? Is that true? Yes. Mm-hmm. Before I mean, Tiger okay. before Tiger King, they went down to her place and studied her tigers for that zombie tiger. I, I did not see that in the credit, but yeah, no, that's that's I mean, I I was like this tiger does look very real. They probably just like superimposed uh animation onto they rotoscoped the tiger or something. So. Well, they certainly had some like, you know, movement specialist stuff mm-hmm. to like make it work, but yeah. It, yeah. Nice. Did you guys feel as though this was comparable to Leo fighting a bear or uh, was this better? I mean, I liked the results of this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, the Leo versus the bear, I've seen that I've seen many times because my dad is very much a fan of the Revenant, and anytime it's on TV, he's like, I'm watching the Revenant now. So like, I've seen it so much. I've seen it so much <laughs> where it's like, that's a that's a, like a journey watching that fight. Where this is just like, oh, here we go with the tiger scene. <laughs> it works. Yeah. It works in its in its moment. Tiger's I get strong. loving the Revenant, but I don't get watching it over and over. It's it's not that it's, it's just more like you know he'll be like making dinner and it's like oh the Revenant's on I'll leave that on for a while like it's you know not watching not watching yeah. like all two kind hours of like in the background yeah not like watching like all 135 minutes of the Revenant all the time but like you know just watching like bits and pieces because it's on FX and they have the mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> I you know you mentioned the Tiger I do like the various deaths we get in this film like. This is very much a, you know, a, a it's 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 a suicide mission, and it doesn't shy away from like not everybody's gonna make it out of this thing, and I do think there's a good amount of variety in the ways that we see people go, even if some are just kind of casually dropped out of the movie, and it's like okay, but whatever. There was one, there was one in particular. I will say, I will say who it was like kind of quick and shocking, and yeah. not where I where I expected it to be in the story. Hmm. I, it's as if they're some sort of suicide squad. <laughs> <laughs> and I like going back to like big dumb fun. I like that the the not only is there like a safe they have to get to, but it has like fucking booby traps that are ridiculous. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> like, right. right. Also, Resident Evil callback. Also, kind of. yeah, and I, and that was also like that was my favorite period of Omari Hart. Give it granted, that's like one of his only major scenes in the movie, but I really sure. liked I liked his attitude in that where like. You know, we need to like find a find a person to test the traps out so he like gets a zombie and like <laughs> the first one messes up so he has to get another zombie and you can just like see you can just read the exasperation in him is like okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was a clever move because I, I wasn't sure what they were gonna do there because I thought he was just gonna go back and pick up one of the, like the zombies that he had just killed uh-huh. to get into the room. Uh, but it was it was a pretty funny thing of them just like no no we could just like. These guys are like the slow acting ones. We could just uh, manipulate them as much as we need to. And those two, like, and that's a credit to the actors, really. Like, I, you know, Snyder casted well, and I, but like he and his co-writers writing the script, it seems to emphasize more to me that Zack Snyder's just not like inherently a funny writer. Like, <laughs> not that I'm expecting him to sure. be, because it feels like there are scenes where I could see there being more humor than there is, just because the writing's not all the way there to get it there. But when you have the right, you know, performers that are doing the right thing. I feel like you can get that across a lot more easy. So there's like, there are some throwaway lines here or there that really work. And obviously like someone like Tig Notaro, who's a comedian can make lines mm-hmm. work, but the, like the stuff with Hardwick and, and Schweighoffer, 
it sings because I think that chemistry is just really strong. It, and it's, yeah. mm-hmm. that's like a fun, that's like a, you know, in a mid, it's in the midst of pairing. a, yeah, in the midst of a already like entertaining movie, it's just like that stuff, like that second act of this movie, I think is just great. When, once they get to Vegas, uh, but before mm-hmm. all hell breaks loose, I just really enjoy just being with these people. And I think that's where most of my enthusiasm for the movie comes from. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a Snyder thing though. I just kind of enjoy being with his characters in a lot of movies. That's why, I sat through a four-hour movie of his four times now, and he wow. cast really and he cast really well. So I don't think even his haters I don't think can dispute that his casting is usually pretty impeccable. So mm-hmm. yeah, just spending time with his characters is a thing that I think he puts across really well most of the time. Yeah, I'm a sucker for a heist movie to begin with. He's throwing zombies. I'm going to be there and. You know, the the fact that the cast works as well as it does and the writing is sharper than I expected it, you know, just sells me on it a little bit more. Yeah. The only uh, huge criticism that I'll, I'll note is that um, Garrett Delahunt, he needs a bigger gun in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> to call back to. Uh, to Rob Liefeld had the same criticism, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's like I just need him holding like ridiculously large like revolver six shooter guns. <laughs> um, other thoughts on Army of the Dead? I'm trying to think of anything else I have. It's on Netflix, so it's easily accessible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you say that like I I would have I would have liked to have seen this on a big screen. It just really like I it probably would have been played fun with like a theater audience. For yeah. sure, and that's what I mean. Yeah, not just like seeing on a screen, but like having that audience, yeah, having that kind of reaction to like the different beats that are taking place. Because I do think it's a very, I think it's an audience-friendly movie as far as the way there's things that are set up and paid off. It would, uh, it would play well in that manner. That said, I enjoyed watching. I've seen it twice now, so I've wow. enjoyed having enjoyed nice. watching it. Yeah. Having had to watch Godzilla vs Kong on iPad for review, I'm not complaining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best way to watch things. Yes. Christopher Nolan, I'm sure, would be delighted. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I with, with, with that, then when should people go? When should people see Army of the Dead? It's currently on Netflix in all its uh, 4K glory. If you have the compatibility to see it that way, Luke, when should people see Army of the Dead? Well, since it's on Netflix, they should see it whenever they want. There's, it's not going to go away. It's a Netflix original, so there's, you know, there's really no rush. Uh, I would see it soon, personally, because it's my sort of thing. But whenever, frankly. Mm-hmm. Jim, how about you? If you like a fun ride of a movie that you don't want to think too hard about and has decent action and uh, solid fun, then you know, watch it at your leisure if you've got the Netflix. Hey. Yeah, on our, on our theater scale, this would be a dollar theater. And then on the home scale, it's like, yeah, you don't have to cue it as immediately. But if you just browse around, check it out. I, I think, I mean, it, it's we're in summer movie season. This feels like a movie you watch in the summer, you know, when it comes out. So I, I had a lot of fun with this. I also um, hate Vegas. So the idea of a movie <laughs> where the <laughs> ultimate goal, where the ultimate oh, goal is we're going to nuke Vegas at the end of this thing. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm sold right here. And there's a high song movie <laughs> in the middle of it. Great. Cool. That's, that's wonderful. Not enough animal zombies, though. I could, I mean, again, there's an animated series coming out that I assume will be better than Doolittle involving zombies <laughs> and animals. So, it's and got and a prequel. Yeah. So, and the so. prequel, right? Oh, plenty, of, plenty of that. Curious that it's a prequel starring the guy that's never killed a zombie before, so he's just going to be like running scared the whole movie, I guess is the <laughs> idea. <laughs> um, there are even going to be zombies in Germany, though. We haven't established that any exist. So. We, we did not, not establish that they don't exist anywhere <laughs> else. <laughs> 
true. We never know. I, I have no Brad idea. Brad Pitt's over there right now trying to figure it out. Wait, is it is it set in Germany though, or is it just? Yes. It is? Yes. It, it's the German guy's first mission where he becomes a safe cracker. Okay. No. <laughs> so it's just not. But it's just because it's called it's called Army of Thieves. Um, that's a good. That's a good title. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be really weird if it was just not zombie focused at all. It just happened to be set in this universe. Yeah. Be, uh, I think that's 14. the case, but we'll see. That'd be an intriguing way <laughs> to, to like expand this universe. What if we remove the main gimmick, zombies? <laughs> Just have a regular safe cracking movie. Right. That could be, be like down. like every one of the you know, Wrath of Man could be set in the Army of De- Army of the Dead universe. <laughs> <with that logic. laughs> Dougie's not really gone? Like yeah, exactly. Dougie Dougie's still around. By the end of the movie, it's just Jason Statham, like, well, that was a that was a crazy mission. Also, he hears on the radio, <laughs> zombies in Vegas. Ooh, that was a weird one. Okay, never mind. Going to sleep. <laughs> no, no. Then you see him on the road. It's like 284 miles to Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Might as well get my money. Um, <laughs> all right. That's been our review of Army of the Dead, uh, which we all enjoyed. Um, let's um, let's move on now. Let's get to uh, Abe. What, um, what time is it? Aaron, I think it might be time for a game and a half. <laughs> Little known fact that that's actually Dave Bautista's uh, ringtone that I put on my phone. I, you know, I sent it to sent it to Big Davey B, and he was Dave like, B. and he was like, I love it. So I like the way that um, we call him Davey B and D'Lo. So this has been a good name, or this has been a good episode for nicknames. Yeah. Uh, that we've given to people that we've never met before. <laughs> Those are good tag team names, by the way. You just have to come up with a group name for him now. Triple H. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got a, a game and a half for you guys this week. Uh, this first one here is called uh, In the Title. Uh, this is where I will name you guys a movie, and the title of the movie has the word uh, The word of the week is Army. So um, I'm going to name you guys the description of the movie, and if you guys know what the movie is, buzz in and tell me the name of the movie. This one is the half of a game because some of these are like way too easy. <laughs> first one here. A sardonic hardware store clerk is accidentally transported to 1300 A.D. Luke. Luke. Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness is correct. Sardonic clerk. Sardonic. (laughs) They wrote it. Whoever whoever decided to choose it on IMDb. Uh, The next one here. A prince of the mythical world starts a rebellion against humanity in order to rule the Earth. And Hellboy. Luke. Hellboy 2, the Golden Army. That's correct. Luke's on top of this this week. All right. Yeah, Luke's really on it. Uh, Two more. Um, A hopeless man stranded on a deserted island befriends a dead body, and together they go on a surreal journey. Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man is correct. Uh, And the last one here. Two misguided youths join this reserves to make some money for their entrepreneurial dreams. No sooner than they finish basic training are they called up to do their part to save the free world. This is a movie from 1994. Luke. Luke. In the army now. That is correct. That was going to be my default guess just because it has army. <laughs> I didn't because when you said two people, I'm like, well, it's a Polly Shore movie. Surely there can't be another person in this film. Andy <laughs> Dick. It's Andy oh, Dick. Was... He's the co-star. Oh. Andy yes. Dick. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I missed that. No, don't worry. That was the half game. Luke, you ran away with that one. The other game that really counts is called uh, Kill Count. 
this is where I'm going to name you guys a movie, and if you guys, you guys are all going to be able to guess. Oh, I love this already. But uh, <laughs> if you guess <laughs> the total death count, kill count in a oh, movie God. that wow. has zombies in it, uh, <laughs> closest with that, or we're not playing Firefly rules, so you can be over, but just uh, closest to the number, then you get the point. I love so, this game already. This is great. All right. <laughs> first one here, Zombieland. Uh, Aaron, how many, how many deaths are there in zombie land cool. human land. and zombies human is, and, oh yeah. yeah so we can add like seven to the hundreds that die in zombie land. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um i'm let's see zombie land i'm gonna say let's give it a good 180 180 uh jim what do you think the kill count uh, three hundo three hundo and luke what do you think the kill count oh god counting the end it's um, I'll say 200. 200. The number is 116. Ooh. So, okay. Aaron, you get that one. All right. And I don't know. They, they, it looked like they did a pretty good job. They were like, hey, this zombie dies off screen, and these three zombies die right here. So, you know, 116. I, hey, hey, what, what I'm hearing is you found a lot of research on the Internet, which is always reliable, so I just assume it's correct. Yep, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch <laughs> out tomorrow. Show All answers verified by the internet. Yeah. The next one here, uh, Zombieland, double tap. Jim, <laughs> oh, no. what do you think the kill count is in Zombieland, double tap? Uh, I over I overbid last time, so I'm going to say 200 this time. 200. Uh, Luke, what do you think? Um, I will go lower and say 150. 150. And Aaron, what do you think the kill count is? Well, as it's a sequel, that means you do a double time, right? And you said it was 116 for the last one, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. So I'm going to say 232. 232. Aaron, you are so good at your logic. It's 391. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of dead zombies and people in that one. There's a lot of massacring at those uh, at those wedding spots. So, Aaron, you get that one. Three, I know the three, end uh, has a pretty 91. big like monster truck finale. But I, I right? like, so. yeah. But I like that everyone up their answers. Maybe minus Luke, but uh, the next one here, Shaun of the Dead. Luke, how many zombies and people? What's the kill count? Sorry, uh, in Ooh. Shaun of the Dead. I am going. I think it's going to be quite a bit lower on that one. So I'm going to say 45. 45. Jim, what do you think the kill count is? On- um, 99. 99. And Aaron? Hmm. Let me see if I want to be more conservative here. 45 is a pretty good guess. I don't know if it's higher than that. In the sequel from Dust Till Sean, it probably would be higher than that. <laughs> but um, I'm going to I'm gonna say 35. 35. It was 85, so wow. Jim, you get that point. Sweet. 85? I'm trying to think of like the big mowdown scenes of zombies. Like, there's a lot of zombies, and I'm trying to think of how many... Well, there's one at the bar. I mean, that's... that's the Winchester, yeah. yeah. They're like, doing a lot of, like, the beginning, and then... But, like, uh, how many did it actually kill? I mean, I guess a lot since 85. Which I think number many... 21 is called Unnamed Woman, Killed Off Screen by Zombies, Body Scene. So... All right. Yeah. The next one here, 28 Days Later. Ooh. Uh... We started with Luke last time. So, Aaron, back to you. Aaron, what do you think uh, the kill count is for 28 Days Later? Well, now I'm really thinking conservatively, too, because this was like there mm-hmm. you get a number of zombies, but you get a lot of dead ones. I'm going to I'm still I'm going to go with 42. The answer to 40. all things. 
Uh, Jim, what do you think the the kill count is? I, I'm gonna say about a hundred. One hundred. Yeah. And it's Luke. been a while. I'm going to give. I'm going to give the nerd answer right here. Uh-huh. When it comes to people killed by zombies and zombies being killed, there are zero because there are no zombies in 28 days later. They are all infected with the rage virus. <laughs> I, I like where your head is at with zero. Uh, is that your final answer? Yes. Why not? Yeah. Unfortunately, Luke, you are not correct. Uh, Jim, you are. Oh, I'm sorry, Aaron, you are the closest with uh, 42. It is 53. Boom, baby. Uh, the next one here, 28 weeks later. Mm. Now, Jim, will go to you first. Jim, what do you think the kill count is in 28 weeks I later? think it was more. I'm going to go with 200 this time. 200. Uh, Luke, what do you think the kill count is? Well, since I clearly must accept the premise that they are zombies <laughs> this time. Um... I'm doubling down. Zero again. <laughs> zero times Double two. Zero. Still zero. <laughs> Double zero. Obviously, that didn't work out for me, so I'm not... I'm not too stubborn to change strategies. Um, I will say 200. Well, Same with Jim. Okay. Wow. Okay. Oh wait, he said. I'm sorry. Yes. I, I'm yes. Yes. I will go. I will go up then. I will say 300. You bet 201 like they do on prices right yeah. a dollar more. <laughs> but no, they don't. Did. Aaron doesn't have the not going over rule, so. Would, oh, okay. Would, okay. Yeah. So I'll go over with 300. It'd still be okay. funny though. Uh, and what do you have with uh, 28 Weeks Later? Well, they've all gone already, so I can piece this out a bit. There, there's that big helicopter scene where um, Harold Perrineau destroys a bunch of zombies with a helicopter blades, and it's awesome. And there's also a number of other scenes where Jeremy Renner is just gunning down some zombies. This is tough. I want to say it's probably between that 200-300 mark, but I'm not sure if it gets up that high. So now that I've worked this all out, I'm going to say 175. 175. Jim, you are very close. It's 212. Boom. Wait, no, that'd be Luke. Or no, yeah, you said 200. Yeah, okay. Luke had 300. Yeah, yeah, that's so If Luke much. had done 201, he would have Yeah, he would have got it. But <laughs> um, well, he played, he's, he's a man of honor. So. It's still actually zero, but whatever. <laughs> Stands uh, by his so principles. You got to admire that. Yeah, he's a, man of, he's a man of principle, exactly. Dawn of the Dead. This is not the this is not the the um Zack Snyder. So 1978's Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. So Luke, what do you think the kill count is in Dawn of the Dead? Dawn of the Dead. That, well, there aren't. I don't recall any large scale apocalyptic killings in that one. So, um, I'm gonna be conservative. I'll say 75. 75, okay. Uh, Aaron, what do you think it is? Uh, let me just remind you, I love this game. This is so much fun. <laughs> I'm so happy with this game right now. Um, I'll go, I mean, I don't know. By the time you add it all up, which Abe certainly done the research to find out that they have added it all up, I'm going to still go higher. I'm going to say 115. 115. And uh, Jim, what do you have? I'd be conservative and say 60. 60. Jim, your conservative nature is paying off. It is 52. Oh, all right. So the closest person would be Jim Dietz. All right, a couple more here. Uh, Juan of the Dead. Aaron, what do you think the kill count is in Juan of the Dead? I mean, it's lower budget. <laughs> um, I don't think there's like a – it's been like once. I've seen it. I'm trying to think if there's like any major sequences. So let's say let's say 70. 70, okay. And Luke, what do you think – the kill count is in Juan of the Dead. Yeah, I don't remember any big one. 
It's either I'm gonna say thirty-five. Thirty and Jim, what do you what do you think the kill count is? I'll say fifty. Fifty. Luke, you are on the board. It is twenty-three. Hmm. And you're the closest with with uh, thirty-five. Last one here. Land of the Dead. Oh. Hmm. Jim Dietz, what do you think the kill count is in Land of the Dead? Jeez. Um, there are a couple scenes where, the, yeah. I would say 120. 120. Uh, uh, Luke, what do you think the kill count is in, is in uh, Land of the Dead? I will use the strategy that you all told me I should have last time. 121. <laughs> 121, okay. And Aaron, what do you think the kill count is is in Land of the Dead? Well, first off, zombies, man. They creep me out. Um, <laughs> I, well, let's see. The Sky Flowers, you got a lot of debt. I'm going to 135. 135. Interestingly, uh, Jim, you win this one. It's 42? <laughs> For Land of the Dead? For Land of the Dead? That seems wrong. More than that. Seems wrong? Okay. That seems wrong. I don't know. I'm looking at this here. So I'm going to go with it, but I'm going to also accept that I'm wrong in this. It could be wrong on this. Like, again, it's the internet. They thought about it for a very long time. Yeah. Really sure. I'm going to Now, is is Mano Let a character in (laughs) Land of the Dead? Well, wait. Hold on. No, because wait. You said it's humans and zombies, right? Yes. There's like a whole scene where like the people behind the wall that doesn't protect them, weird choice made in a 2005 movie. Hmm, how does that yeah. work with walls? Uh, like that, like all of them are dead. That's like 20 people right there. They don't kill just 20 zombies. Like there's a lot of people. Okay, whatever. Yeah, we're gonna have to go with um, asterisk on this land of the dead number, guys. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it says that uh, you know zombie stabbed in the head by Cholo, zombie shot in the head by Cholo, and I've only got like, 42 <laughs> on the list here. So, yeah, the internet is probably wrong, but uh, Jim, with that last one, you tie broke with Aaron, and you went ahead by one, so you are the winner of this week's game. For oh, Kill Kill. wow. Thank okay. you so much. I'm, I'm on, I've got oh. a YouTube page of death count right now for Don, that it's already at 113. <laughs> wait, wait. Land of the Dead? Yeah? Yeah, okay. I, I think I'm you said the... Dawn. Oh, did I say Dawn of the Dead? No, no, I think Aaron said Dawn. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm saying Land of the Dead. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it should be Land of the Dead. But I'm looking at a, a list here that says 42. But I'm I'm open to accept that it's incorrect. However, uh, Jim, we'll let the fact checkers decide. But Jim, you are the winner of uh, Kill Count. <laughs> Judges? <laughs> I'm throwing a link to this video. <laughs> like it has you're all. Probably, this... You're probably not wrong. Yeah, I thought right. I was low. I thought I was lowballing, but thank you. I will enjoy fame and and uh, and praise forever. There you go. <laughs> Aaron linking us to the video right now. <laughs> yeah, it gets up to like 191, which makes more sense to me for Land of the Dead. That makes sense. I mean, there's sound... a, it's a big scale. Like I understand, like it's a big scale movie. Like they're all it's land. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about winning. I just want to know that the, the internet's betrayed me on this. And that's, that's, that's my real concern. The internet lies to people. How dare Question they? Mark? We got to go talk to the, yeah, we should write an angry letter to the internet CEO. Yeah. John H. <laughs> internet. John H. Internet. Johnny internet. Yeah. He lives on information road crossed with super highway street. <laughs> Next he to lives Bill at Gates. an intersection. That's a, that's a noisy place. It's, yeah. Well, it's a big, it's a tall building. 
Oh, okay, I get it. It's made it. entirely it's made up entirely of fiber optics. <laughs> Ones and zeros. All right. That was games. And I really okay. liked that game. There you go. That was, that was fun. Good. Thank you. I, I want to get more how many of this type games that we have in this in this show because that's fun. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's move on to some about now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash time podcast. We asked a number of questions to the listeners and they gave us a bunch of answers. Um, and yeah, that's uh, going to bring us to our first question here. Jim and Luke, feel free to join in with any answers you might have for these questions. Uh, first one we have, what are your favorite films set in Las Vegas? Chris writes, leaving Las Vegas. Very Bad Things, and Ocean's Eleven. Todd, right, Todd leaving out front of the show, writes Ocean's Eleven, the 2001 remake. Min, Midnight Run, the end at least, and Mars Attacks. Mm. What are your favorite Vegas set films? Mm-hmm. I mean, Ocean's Eleven, pretty good uh, call-out. Yeah. Mars, Mars Attacks is a good one, too, yeah. You know, uh, Todd bringing to mind Midnight Run reminds me that uh, Charles Grodin passed away this past week, and... Uh, I was unfortunate to hear, but he's he's just uh, he was a hilarious, hilarious person. Yeah. I'd have to throw in uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's probably one of my favorites. Uh, Casino. Oh yeah. Yeah. Honeymoon uh, in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a fun. That's a that's a movie that's more fun than it should be, <laughs> given the premise of that film. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, uh, uh, Con Air, Con Air, Con Air, of course. Oh, yeah. Showgirls and Con Air. Yeah. yeah. They decided to blow up a casino in Connor. Uh, uh, okay. Bugsy. He invents Vegas. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, talking about inventing Vegas. Well, then now you have to throw in the Godfather uh, with a. Uh, well, they're, they're in Reno in part two. Eh, you know, close enough. Close <laughs> enough. Uh, um, swingers. Swingers. Hey, so go. Money. Um, the cooler. Like the cooler. All right. Next question. Yeah. This is a solid, this is a solid uh, list of movies in Vegas. Uh, the next question is, who are your favorite intelligent movie monsters? Chris Cleveland has Predator, and Todd Liebenau has Gremlins. Do you guys have any favorite intelligent movie monsters? Godzilla. Godzilla? <laughs> Dude has uh, drilling capacity in his uh, vomit spit. His atomic breath. Yeah, that that too. Yeah. It's not spitting. It's not a rapper. <laughs> it's weird that this one came to mind, but I was thinking of Krang and the Ninja Turtles out of the shadows. <laughs> that guy <laughs> is genius. He can move space time. Uh, the brain bug from Starship Troopers, of course. Mm-hmm. That was gross. <laughs> a bug that thinks. Thankfully, find the idea offensive. <laughs> Hey, Timothy Mudson's in that movie. You're, you're a psych fan, Abe. <laughs> oh, and the Highlanders from High, in Highlander 2, they're aliens, so the Highlanders. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that they're aliens. In The Quickening? You never, you, know, you didn't know that? Um, <laughs> uh, the Strangers from Dark City. Robert De Niro as Frankenstein. Is that an alien, though? <laughs> oh, monster. Monster. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Next one we have here. What are some great films focused on suicide missions? Jeff mm. has Saving Private Ryan. Todd writes The Dirty Dozen and Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Chris has 300 and The Seven Samurai. And Philip has Watership Down. <laughs> wow. Favorite suicide mission films? 
Hmm. Well, riffing on the Seven Samurai, Battle Beyond the Stars. Oh, I was going to say A Bug's starts. Life. There's just no joke there. It's just yeah. <laughs> it's a suicide mission. A Bug's Life. <laughs> yeah, I always think of the Dirty Dozen when I first think of this, uh, uh-huh. you know, this genre. That's always been my favorite. Saving Private Ryan is kind of that way. Yeah, that's a good call out. Okay. Well, the other question is, what are your favorite movies featuring wrestlers? Uh, Todd Libino has The Princess Bride, Andre the Giant, Ed Wood, George the Animal Steel, Guardians of the Galaxy, Dave Bautista, and They Live, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, Chris has Fighting With My Family, which has The Rock, uh, and also a bunch of other current WWE wrestlers. And uh, he, he adds that it's a brilliant film. Is the Gruber! The Gruber. Christopher that off his list immediately, though. A Christopher Nolan favorite. Um... I'm sorry. Just to go back to the last question, the uh, the Fellowship of the Rings. That's a suicide mission, right? Yeah. Well, they're all, yeah. I'm not really the sure if they're gonna make it. Yeah. I mean, they're going to Mount Doom. <laughs> yeah, to face the the you know Urukai. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Rocky Three. Uh, Rocky Three. <laughs> um, that's not a favorite. Nacho Libre. Mr. T. Yeah. Nacho, Nacho Libre. Libre. Yeah. Uh, Vision Quest. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Predator. Yeah, Jesse the Body Ventura. You ain't got time to bleed. Yep. Yeah. The um the the um the documentary about Andre the Giant is very very good too. Andre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with the movie about the seal. Well, there are lots of great wrestling documentaries. Hitman Heart, Wrestling with Shadows, Beyond the Mat. Quite a few good ones there. Um, the Backyard. Moon. Oh, and the Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, of course. Necro Butcher is in that, and some other real wrestlers. So. What's yeah. the what's the movie with Tiny Lister and Hulk Hogan that I can't think no of? No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred. There we go. <laughs> there you Stan go. the Lariat Hansen also in that one. Tiny Was Tiny Lister a wrestler? Uh, he became one after No Holds Barred as a promotional tie-in to No Holds Barred. Okay, so that makes sense. In that case, then. But he fit. wasn't one before. Okay, well, he became one, so therefore he counts, therefore the fifth element. I'd like to shout out the other uh, Roddy, right, Rowdy Roddy Piper masterpiece, uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown. Uh, yes. Does that yeah. count as a Vegas movie? I forget. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right. Next question we have here. What are some great Race Against Time action movies? Chris writes Crank, Speed, and One Roll or Run. Together, you have a drug problem. <laughs> Mark Mark Pace is front of the show. He writes Dread. These are some good answers here. I like Nick of Time, personally. Not a big favorite from a lot of people, but Die Hard in the Bonaventure Hotel with Johnny Depp and Christopher Walken. Good enough. That's a movie where I've only seen it, I think, maybe twice. But when I was younger, and I was like, well, that's a cool premise, and it's going by the the length of the movie. That's, That's neat. I, I have I have no real memory to know whether that's told held up for me at all, but at the time I was like, yeah, cool. John Depp playing a normal person? That's that's interesting. The only objection I have to it is the main character should have been called Nick, and he's not. That is a that that's is a miss. Yeah, they missed yeah. that one. I uh, I really have to shout out Escape from New York again here. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. And the last, the, the last the last fifteen minutes of the original Alien. 
was one I always remember as being a really good race against time, just according we were trying to get away before the entire thing explodes. That is great suspense, yeah. Putting that, that kind of clock on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. The last question is, what new thing would you like to see in a zombie movie? Uh, Mark Pace's friend of the show has a zombie cinematic universe between 28 days, Train to Busan, Zombieland, Army of the Dead, uh, Romero, World War Z, and Evil Dead. Get it done, Hollywood. That's well, that's a declarative. I mean, it's interesting that he wants Train to Busan, Zombieland, and the Sandra Bullock film 28 Days to be all be connected together. But I mean, that's <laughs> I'm curious to see where it goes. He loves Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Sandra Bullock a zombie? I didn't know that. Well, she's an alcoholic, so no, maybe like maybe it's like a dramatic right. arc that she has. Oh, she has to stagger, but that's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's gonna win the Oscar for it. I mean, Busan already kind of is its own cinematic universe on itself. Uh, yeah, they already have Peninsula come out. That, they have Peninsula, and they had the animated prequel um, mm-hmm. from from the from the same director. Uh, sure. That's like that's, that, that's the cinematic universe that Mark's talking about. But the question is, all of what do you want to see in a zombie movie? Yeah. Um. Let's see. What do I want to see in a zombie? I mean, zombies on a tricycle is something I feel like we need to That'd see. That'd be fun. Or a bicycle, or a bike that yeah. has the big tire yeah. and the little tire. You know, any, you know we, need, we need zombie dinosaurs. That's what we need. You know, mm-hmm. in the show Primal, from uh-huh. from um, Jendi Targoski, uh, yeah. a creator of Samurai Jack and and um, chained to the Hotel Transylvania franchise, um, he um, he has an episode where there basically is a zombie dinosaur, and it is the most disgusting. <laughs> relentless <laughs> like worst choice i made to be like i could have lunch and watch an episode of primal right now it oh, was so no. gross <laughs> like, that's well, a great show though it I is a great show. show oh and overall it's a great show but there's just that one I know, jim you've seen it so like there's that one episode where like there's a mm-hmm. sick dinosaur and it like it just like it bites the neck of like a brontosaurus and it infects the brontosaurus and it spends the episode chasing our lead characters the, the caveman and his dinosaur and it's just so gross. <laughs> like how he like oh, pollutes everything. Ew. It's vomiting stuff all over the place. It and it and it won't die because it's like a zombie basically. So, <laughs> so if you want, seek out like season two or no, sorry, season, like the second half of season one, like episode like uh-huh. seven or eight of Primal. You'll get your, you'll it. get okay, your zombie yeah. dinosaur. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll have to follow it up with Turok. Place of Dinosaur hunter. Uh, I know that we're getting Marvel zombies as part of What If, but are we? Is I'd like it? to see. It. Yeah, so it's one of the episodes. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh. I'm excited. <laughs> but I'd like, I'd like to see a more off-brand zombie superhero where, like, you know, we have all these evil Superman things, like in the Boys and Invincible or whatever. But an off-brand Superman who gets bitten and becomes a zombie, but still has all the powers of Superman and none of the intelligence, or like a Bizarro that bites people. That'd be cool. Into it. I think a historical drama, so As, you know, like <laughs> no, seriously, like I love it. Your Pride and like, Prejudice you know, and Zombies. Pride and Prejudice and Well, no, I don't even think like you know, um, like Hamilton with zombies, you know, like so that long. period of time, like so they say because the stakes would be higher because they don't have automatic weapons to blow all the brains out. You know what I mean? They have to like. Mm-hmm. You know, they get the musket, and by that time they're 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 toast. So yeah, you're not, how do you yeah. deal with zombies that, without that? That is fun. Friday, Friday, just in zombies. That would well, that no, I, I know what you're saying, Jim. That would be neat to see more. 
yeah, like ancient Egypt or like just like wild, yeah, right. wild ways to take it back in time and like deal with this thing. It, look, have Snyder do it. Have it be like a a, a a weird sequel to 300, you know, you can Spartans, even, Spartans versus zombies. You can even base it in some kind of reality by having it be like the bubonic plague or something like that. Like have, yeah, have that yeah. as like a, a running, a jumping point uh, and yeah, jumping off. There you go. Like go from mm-hmm. there. Uh, basically, we're gonna write the script, hammer it out, and uh, turn it into. Okay, a, I'll get a, I'll get a, I'll get a spec memo done. Yeah, and then we'll I'll I'll, I'll run <laughs> it over to I'll run it over to John H Internet, and he'll yeah. do what he does to transfer it over. I'll uh, I'll call my buddy Gray's um and see what Ron Howard. <laughs> you got to make sure you do your hair first. He only talks. Happy to days are here again. <laughs> Yeah, right. I, gotta, I gotta poof up my hair. Yeah, you gotta poof. You gotta spike up the spike, spike up the hair and spice up your life. That's what I say. I'll just get on the horn with D'Lo, see what he wants. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Run it by D'Lo, see what he thinks. Mm-hmm. He does call himself Ghost Boy. He must like the undead. So there you go. We can get a D'Lo Green to do the soundtrack. Ah, uh, and wrestler D'Lo Brown to make his acting debut. Boom, boom. We got this. Guys, we got this on lock. Guys. We got a lot of yeah. We, we've got some ideas. Yes, here. I think I think it's worth a shot. All right. Yeah, CeeLo do the uh, theme song. <laughs> yeah, Gone Zombie Gone. It'll be great. Okay, <laughs> that's been out now. Feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. <laughs> and that is going to bring us to the end of our show. Um, that's going to do it for this week's episode about Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work and my personal blog at CodaZeke.com. Everything I do ends up over there, as well as uh, We Live Entertainment, where all my movie reviews are, as well as And Wise the Blue, where all my Criterion and Blu-ray reviews are. And I'm occasionally doing some stuff for a variety. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? Find more fun stuff over my Instagram, Abe.Mua, and Twitter.com slash WalrusMoose, hashtag Easy Peasy Lemon Squeezy. <laughs> You're, you, you can say that one. Yeah, yeah. That's the one you're supposed to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Luke Thomas, where can people find more of you online? Uh, I'm on Twitter and most of the socials as L-Y-T Rules, L-Y-T-R-U-L-E-S. Uh, I got side review superhero movies and do toy reviews and toy news at superherohype.com. I review independent films at synagogues.com, which is C-I-N-E-G-O-D-S. And I also review festival films at filmsgonewild.com. Great. Jim Dietz, where can people find more of you? Whenever there's an episode of Walking Dead, we are there to cover it on the Walking Dead TV podcast every week with Aaron Neuwirth of this show. Uh, we're covering Fear of the Walking Dead presently. You can catch me also every week for a weekly look uh, at our, in, with a bunch of shenanigans at the uh, Week in uh, TV, Movie, and Entertainment News on Nothing's On. That's available at the Taylor Network of Podcasts. Dot com. And you can catch me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Yoda Jones. On Fridays, I'm streaming Mass Effect Legendary Edition, so check that out. Nice. Very cool. You can find all the other episodes of iTunes uh, of this show at on iTunes, Audio Boom, and Spotify and Stitcher. Sign Podomatic and HHWLOD. Feel free to email us your anything you have thoughts on this episode or anything at all that we talk about at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Instagram.com slash outnowpodcast or twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And of course, Instagram.com slash outnow underscore podcast as well. And yeah, with that, Luke, Jim, thank you both for joining us today. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Luke. What a blast. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. For sure. And pleasure to have you guys. Thanks to the listeners for listening. We'll be back next week with what seems like a doubleheader because we have both Cruella and A Quiet Place Part 2. So get ready for all kinds of, speaking of shenanigans, plenty of shenanigans going on in these movies. We will be back with those and plenty more this summer because we are now in summer movie season. But until next time, so long. And goodbye. You'll never be the same.
saw what you did there. And now, ladies and gentlemen, joining me at the microphone, Ms. Allison Crow. I'm gonna keep on the run. I'm gonna have me some fun. If it cost me my very last dime. Sing it. If I want the program, well, I always remember that I had a real swing in time. Oh, I'm gonna give you everything I've got. Lady luck, please let the dice stay high. Let me shoot a seven with every shot. I'm gonna give you everything I've got. Yeah. Oh, Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Seven with every shot.